Hello, and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod, or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hi, and welcome to Unabridged. This is episode 136, Get to Know Unabridged in 2020, Season 3 Wrap-Up. Before we get started today, we just wanted to share a program that we'll be launching in Season 4. Are you listening and loving Unabridged? We have a new program, Unabridged Ambassadors, coming in Season 4 that might be perfect for you. Stay tuned for more information in upcoming episodes and on our website, unabridgedpod.com. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon page. We've got content coming there every month. Okay, before we get started today, we are, in this episode, we're going to be sharing some of our favorite Give Me One topics from Season 3. Our Give Me Ones are a way for us to share a little bit about ourselves outside of just the books that we read and the discussions that we have around books. So we really love having a chance to show a little bit about our personalities and just other things that we're interested in. So we each have chosen a give me one topic today that we really enjoyed. And so we're going to share just a tiny bit about why each of us chose the one that we did and we'll share those give me ones with you. And then we're going to wrap up our discussion today with a recommended episode from season three. So as we look back on season three and get ready for season four, we wanted to just have a chance to let you get to know us a little bit better and get to know a little bit more about our show. We always start with our bookish check-in, so we're going to jump into that to get us started. What are you reading, Sarah? I am finishing up Pharaoh Roshan's The Boyfriend Project, which is a contemporary romance. It is about Samaya, who is in the tech industry. She is very successful, and she makes a pact with some of her girlfriends that they aren't going to date or try to do any of that kind of stuff for six months. And then of course, in walks Daniel, who they have a, an instant connection. There's a little bit of a mystery in it. There's lots of female bonding and friendships, which I really love. And I especially love Samaya, her character. She's so strong. She's so successful. And she really knows how to stand up for herself in a profession that is where women are very underrepresented. She does. I just, I love her. So I really am enjoying it. I'm almost finished. So I'm at the, the tail end and I've just really enjoyed listening to it. And I did listen to it. It was an audiobook, and the narrator is fantastic. It is a bit steamy. (laughs) So that is always something to consider when you're listening to it on audio, audio, whether you feel comfortable with those steamy parts being read aloud to you. But, but the narrator is great and I have really enjoyed the whole experience. That sounds wonderful. I cannot wait to read that one. I'm so excited. And we actually just found out that Farrah Roshan is going to be on the podcast during season four. So we are so excited to talk with her about her work and we will be sharing those details as we know them better, but be on the lookout in season four for our discussion with Farrah Roshan. (laughs) What about you, Jen? What are you reading this week? I am reading Roselle Lim's Vanessa Yu's Magical Paris Tea Shop. 
And this book is coming out August 4th. So I am reading it as an e-galley. She is the author of Natalie Tan's Book of Love and Fortune, which I really enjoyed. And this one similarly has a hint of magic to it. I, I just have finished chapter one. And already uh, we know that Vanessa can read tea leaves and tell the future. And she is the person in her family who everybody wants to get the gossip from. She helps people make decisions. And she has this kind of synesthetic response that when she sees the person's future, she tastes what their future is going to be like. So if they have a good thing coming, it's a really sweet taste. Other, Yeah, it's bad. It's not so great a taste. So yeah, it's, it's really engaging so far. She is the oldest unmarried person in her family. And so her aunt, she's shopping with her aunt and her aunt's talking about setting her up. And I know that there's a matchmaker to come. So it's really, it's going to be a nice breezy read for summer, I think. So yeah, how really about you? Awesome. yeah, it's great. So far, I really enjoyed her first book. So Ashley, what are you reading? So I am reading Sanja Menon's 10 Things I Hate About Pinky. This is the third in her When Dimple Met Rishi series i don't know the series like they're all in the same world i'm not sure series is the right word but they are all the character they're connected characters between them and so this one is about pinky and samir but i'm already and i'm pretty early on in this one but i already am seeing some characters from her other work and i am so excited to read this one one of our bookstagram friends book amore sent this to us to share because in June we had a buddy read for when Dimple met Rishi and had a great discussion and so much fun. And I think what I'm really amazed about with Menon's work is the way that she's able to touch on a lot of really important and complex social issues and cultural issues that her characters are working through, but she does it in a really remarkable and fun way. And so I think what's really great is just that her books are so compelling. They're so fast moving and they're the, the connections between the characters are sweet and rich. And yet at the same time, she's hitting on all of these really interesting and important social topics and working through those with her characters. And so I'm already seeing some of that and 10 things I hate about Pinky. And I am just thrilled for this one. It just came out on July 21st. And so be sure, you know, to be on the lookout for that one because it is a new release. I can't wait to read that one. Me either. I've really loved When Dimple Met Rishi, so I'm excited. So today, as I mentioned in the beginning, we wanted to share a few Give Me Ones from season three that we enjoyed. That was season three is the first time that we added that to our episodes. And so we were looking back on them to think about some that we've enjoyed discussing together. So Jen, what was one, what's the one that you chose? So I realized as Ashley was introing the episode that I did not do the thing where I picked something that was not about books, but I'm just going to forge ahead. So my <laughs> give me one that I would love for you to re-listen to is a YA lit favorite. And I'm a little bit crazy, so that's probably fair. So in this one, we just each shared a YA book that we love. And this was at the end of our uh, episode about YA literature. So it was a nice cap to that episode. 
Awesome. Yeah, I love that one too. And that's funny because I didn't even realize that I'm talking about YA with a recommended episode. Because <laughs> I think that, I think like Jen said, it, maybe it's no surprise at all to listeners that Jen, you would choose <laughs> give me one that's related to books because that is your passion. And yeah. also it's not surprising to me that we would choose ones related to young adult literature because that's something yeah. that all of us are really passionate about. Okay. So here's the one that Jen chose. Let's listen back. We are going to do a give me one related to our topic. So (laughs) in light of our topic, give me one favorite YA book. Oh, Lord. I know. I didn't know what our topic was. Uh, (laughs) So there are so many. I I am going to use this opportunity to say we do have, we've been working on on our website. We have bookish faves and book reviews that we're doing every week. And we don't do young adult all the time, Mm -hmm. but we are trying to share with you all those titles that we really, really love. And you're also welcome to contact us about that. And we do have a Teachers Pay Teacher store as well, where we've put up some resources mm-hmm. for some books that we think would be great in the classroom and as whole class yeah. text. So I just want to mention that while I'm stalling. <laughs> and uh, one, there are so many that I absolutely love. I'm going to talk about Emily XR Pan's The Astonishing Color of After. I think that... The reason I wanted to pick this one is because it is definitely YA, but it is gorgeously written and mm-hmm. both in theme and in style. I think that it is on the playing field of any other book of literary merit. And so I think I'm choosing it just because not only do I love it, but also because it does all of that. And I think also it hits on a lot of very, very difficult issues that kids do sometimes have to face or they know someone who's facing them Mm -hmm. and they're having to work through it. So in it, Lee, or we don't have to say all that. I can just say. Yeah. Okay. I felt like I had to give a summary. I don't have to give a summary. I'm out. I'm out. I love that book. Read it. Sarah, do you want to go? Yes, I'm having trouble deciding. There's so many. I've read so many great YA books. This may be our upcoming bookish faves. Mm. Oh, no. Is our long <laughs> list of some of our favorite YA picks. Maybe it'll be a series. We can each have one. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Because I definitely have read more YA than than adult because mm-hmm. I was teaching yeah. and I was reading YA all the time. And I, know, I, I just know that in my mind I haven't captured all of them. So I'm like, I don't want to decide, but I'm going to. I am going to go, I'm going to go with Turtles All the Way Down. Mm. Because John Green is my absolute favorite. And unlike Jen, you know, Jen always is like, that's an autobi author for me. (laughs) I don't really have many autobi authors. But John Green, I will buy anything that he does. Mm -hmm. And I thought Turtles All the Way Down was just great. And I thought it dealt with mental health issues in a really deliberate yet Mm -hmm. subtle way like caring way Mm -hmm. i don't know how to explain it but i just really appreciated it and i i'm so i'm gonna go with turtles all the way down all right i'm madly scrolling through goodreads because i thought Mm -hmm. i knew and then i was like oh maybe not but yeah the fact that we don't have to have a big explanation is helpful (laughs) so i will do a recent fairly recent read alex e harrow's the Ten Thousand doors of january which i absolutely think you could teach even to the most upper level students because that book is ya but it is complex it is layered it is amazing on the character level it has a book within a book which is one of my favorite things And so there are multiple stories to work through and figure out the connections and how each illuminates the other. 
All right. Can I say one thing? Yes. I didn't decided not to say this one because I thought maybe one of you would. And so I just want to say The Hate You Give is mm-hmm. probably my most yeah. recent favorite YA book. I think it is phenomenal, but we've talked about it so much. I wanted to give a different mm-hmm. a different book, but I think that book is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah and that's it. We we have spent. I'm really not trying to like pitch for our <laughs> teachers pay teacher stuff here, but I think like we when we started creating book discussion guides and also book flights, the first thing that we thought about was the hate you give because yeah. we all loved it so much and because we think that it is such a powerful text in the classroom. And then we got to thinking about police violence mm-hmm. and police violence, the intersection of police violence and race and America. And so I think that that led us to thinking about a lot of books that relate to that. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that's a great, very pertinent topic that mm-hmm. kids need to know more about, but also are, you know, forming opinions about and that there's a lot of great literature out there for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us today. We would love it if you would recommend some of your favorite YA books as well and let us know what you think about teaching YA. Thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed listening to some of our favorite YA picks. That's certainly a topic that we all love discussing. What about you, Sarah? What's one that you would recommend people listen to? So I'm going to recommend episode 104, the Give Me One. And that one was a toy you loved when you were a kid. And what I love about this one is that it that it is totally representative of our personalities. When you listen to it, you will see Jen's person organizational personality. You will see my like fly by the state of your pants personality and Ashley's general like I don't know what my favorite toy was when I was because she just she she kind of talks through that and I don't know it just I just thought it was really representative and I really like it but I'm not going to tell you what our toys are because you'll have to listen to listen through. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny that you said that, Sarah, because I was like, what did I say? What was my favorite talk? (laughs) So I'm not surprised that I don't remember that or that I struggled through it. None of that is surprising to me. Okay, so let's listen back to that one and find out what our favorite childhood toys were. And we want to end today with Give Me One. I don't know what our topic is. I'm all, I always do the audio, folks. So I feel like <laughs> there is a document that I'm always supposed to be working from, but I'm never on it. So uh, what it's is our... toy you loved when you were a kid. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So let me know, ladies. What's a toy you loved when you were a kid? So this is Jen. And I will just say, I acknowledge now that there could be some problems with this, but when I was a kid, my sister and I played by, I mean, hours and hours and hours with our Barbies and we had a Barbie house and, and this will surprise no one, but one of my favorite things was to organize them and their clothes. (laughs) And we had a lot of them and I would go on our computer and I would type up all their names organized by age because of course we knew their ages. (laughs) And yeah, so, uh, my favorite toy, Barbies. And this will surprise no one. I also had Barbies and they were all dumped in a big chest and I had to dig through them and find the, find their head and they would switch heads, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I did like, we lo- my sister and I both played with Barbies too. Um, but probably my favorite, one of my favorite toys growing up was my roller skates mm. because I really started loving roller skating and we went, we would go to the roller rink and wear the brown skates with orange wheels that you have Mm -hmm. to rent Mm -hmm. and then I got 
the white skates with the hot pink wheels. I have um, those too. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I love them. And my sister and I also, my family was big into watching the Olympics together as a family. And we always watched the Winter Olympics with the ice skating. And well, there was no ice skating rink around us. So we, my sister and I tried to perform stunts in our roller wow. skates, which, you know, roller skates are quite heavy, but we would try to do some of the stunts we saw with me holding my sister and all that. So it's just this time we make up routines to songs and stuff. So it's just a really happy time. And I really, I, I think my roller skates bring me the most joy thinking back on my childhood toys. That. <laughs> That's awesome. So I made it clear already that I didn't know this topic <laughs> from prior. And now I'm thinking, what is my favorite thing? <laughs> So I'm just going to say, first of all, I did also have Barbies. We're all children of the same generation here. And I, yeah, I really enjoyed them. But I, as a mom of daughters, I am like adamantly opposed to them having them. And I know I'm going to have to let go of this, but it is hard. Anyway, that's my confessional for you today. And I think that I am going to talk about one of my stuffed animals. I had a stuffed bear named Fuzzy, and I loved stuffed animals as a kid. I used them, you know, to do all the imaginative play and all that kind of stuff. And so Fuzzy is still with us today with my girls, and I think that's a pretty special toy for me. So. Aww. So, yeah, (laughs) that brings us to a close for today. But we really do want to hear what you have to say about this hot topic we didn't know that we had um, related to holiday movies, what you'll be watching this season with your family, ones that you enjoy, and what you think about them as far as do they qualify to be a holiday movie. So thanks so much for joining us, and let us know what you think. Find us on Instagram at UnderbridgePod. Well, there you go. That refreshed my memory about what we discussed for our favorites from childhood. Ashley, what is your favorite? Give me one. So one that I chose is one that even as we move out eventually, I hope, of this time of quarantine, I think it's something that's relevant because we've all had during this time of spending a lot of time at our homes, we've had a chance to really think about the items that are important to us and the things that have been worthwhile and that we've enjoyed doing as a family. And so, or individually. And what, so I want the one I wanted to recommend is episode 123, a worthwhile purchase during quarantine. And I love that one because like I said, I think that all of us have reflected a lot on the things that we have in our home and the ones that have been the most useful. And so we recommended some things or that we appreciated purchasing. And we also talked about things that we've just found in our house, you know, and have really appreciated as we've had more time at home. And I also wanted to mention that one because I, in that one, I had recommended a book that has been really useful for doing activities with my kids. And I have a couple of those that I mentioned then. And I, since then, have purchased one more. So these are all, like Jen said, we're still talking about books a lot here. But I purchased one more. It's called the Curious Kids Science Book, which I'll put the link in show notes. But it's 100 plus creative hands-on activities for ages four through eight. And this is a book by Asia Citro, who has done the 150 screen-free activities, which I have, I think, shared with a lot of people. I've shared it on the <laughs> podcast. We purchased them for the county and for teachers. And, um, and, you know, I think that she does great work. But what I love about the science one is that some of the activities that are recommended are just very 
quick and easy to implement immediately. So it's mixing oil and water with colors and seeing how those things change. And those kinds of things that are relatively simple concepts, but it's nice to have a book on hand that recommends something and that it's an experiment that can be done quickly, but it also, she makes some recommendations about the questions to ask or the things to think about or to make a hypothesis before you try the experiment. And so it's helpful in just helping our kids think through the scientific process and how to do that, even if the activities are quite simple. And it also has been nice because some of this stuff is very simple to do, which I appreciate because the other ones I recommend in this, the ones I talk about in the give me one that I'm sharing are great, but some of them require a fair bit of setup. And we all moms out there and dads out there who do that setup know how that can go down. So I would just like to comment that our choices... (laughs) It's been so fascinating that our choices of give me ones are so indicative of our personality. Of course, Ashley's is the practical one. Jen's is about books and I'm way out in left field. It's <laughs> <laughs> around on a bridge. <laughs> well, one thing you can count on folks is that we are consistent with our, with our personalities. <laughs> so in light of that, let's listen back to our quarantine purchases that we're glad we made. All right, ladies, let's move on to give me one because it's still kind of in the same vein of things that we can do in our homes. And so today's give me one is one worthwhile purchase you've made while we've been at home. So Ashley, do you want to start? Yes, I I always felt lately I have felt like I needed to say like 10 things, so I'm going to try not not to do that. But before I say my most worthwhile purchase, I do want to say that the item that has been most valuable in our house is Lego sets. And I had no idea that that was going to be so valuable to us. It's something that my my life partner is like really passionate about Legos. So we have, and, and I had them growing up. So in my family kept everything. So, you know, we have the ones from the 80s. And 90s. We also have new sets, both that my husband has gotten for himself, like, you know, people gift it to him because that's something he really loves and for ki- for our kids. But anyway, I mean, I just think I couldn't have known, but for my five-year-old, she just now, like this morning, we took apart one of her little friend's Lego sets and she built the whole thing this morning before mm-hmm. breakfast. And so I think it's just, she's at this moment of realizing, and I think it goes back to what you said, Jen, about teachers often giving affirmation and kids wanting that affirmation they want Mm -hmm. they want to accomplish a goal and they want to see that they have done a thing and then get get people to see it and so she did a set yesterday she did a set today and I mean all on her own and then we've been working on some bigger sets together and I just couldn't have known that that was going to be so valuable Mm -hmm. but I think that's really awesome so I think how do we think about what is in our house that can be used maybe in a different way or kind of brought back to the surface like all of our building stuff our kids have used, we have Kiva planks, we have um, straws that hook together and we have the mag, mag formers is what we have, but there's a lot of different magnetic tiles, like all of those kinds of things, getting those out can be really helpful. So it's, it is interesting. We're going to mention purchases, like a single purchase that was really helpful, but I think I've been shopping in my house and discovered, <laughs> and discovered that we actually have a lot of things that we don't normally have time to take advantage of and just like bringing them to light and saying, oh, look, we can do this thing in a new way and can really make a day a better day. So <laughs> anyway, my, my daughter, one, 
So oh, I was just going to say, my daughter is the same. She, she got all these Lego sets for Christmas because that's what she told every single person she wanted for Christmas. She did not marry. <laughs> so we got like 10 Lego sets and some of the giant ones, but it's been awesome because she has not had time because we have sport, usually have sports and practice and all this stuff on the weekends. And she has had time. She's built those and they, I mean, they've been great. And the other thing I will say is not like something I bought, but she, she is very creative. She loves art and she loves uh, to make things her own. So I've given her like old t-shirts and old shirts and stuff. And she's been designing clothes with them and she doesn't have a sewing machine or anything. She's just been cutting them and tying them and using rubber bands on them and drawing on, drawing on them. And so she's doing her own little project runway. And I mean, she will spend a long time doing that and she loves it. And then she comes and does like a little fashion show and we FaceTime the grandparents and she shows what she's made. So that's I think so cool, Sarah. I really <laughs> want to see, I would love to see pictures of some, oh, okay. <laughs> of some of the things she's made. Cause I think that my kids would really enjoy that too. And it can just repurposing it. It's yeah. funny to see how useful that can be. And when she I makes just, a shirt or, you know, she cuts a shirt up or whatever, she then wears it that day. Cause she's so, so cool. proud of it. Yeah. It's really cool. I'm going to jump on the Lego train really fast and just say <laughs> recently, I recommended the show Lego masters as one to watch and that it, my boys love Legos too. And the Lego master show has been really cool because they have the challenges in each episode. And then my boys will go and take apart their sets and try to build the challenge that's on the oh, show. That's so cool. that's yeah, really cool. I wonder if your kids, I mean, there is a reality TV component, Ashley, that I don't know for your girls, they would love, but even if you just like, it's, it's on Hulu, we've been recording it, but you could get to the part where they show the challenge and then the part where they show the result mm -hmm. is really neat. So That's yeah, my cool. kids just started watching that one and they really liked it. It's they so it was cool. Really cool. It's really neat. Yeah. When y'all know that I don't currently have Hulu, but let me tell you, oh that I, but that's okay. I have been thinking lately that we talked about this with Kindle Unlimited in one of our recent episodes that like, if there's ever a time mm -hmm. to go ahead and subscribe to something for a little bit, I think this might be the time. So, and then you could watch so, little fires I, everywhere. I was going to say that I have been um, loving your IG live stuff about little fires everywhere. And you all know that I love Celestine so very much. And so, yeah, I'm like, if I got Hulu, then I also could watch that, which would be fun. So, and like we said, I mean, a, a lot of why we don't have it is just because we already have way more things than we have time mm -hmm. to watch. But now is a good time to have a little bit more time to watch. And I am trying to motivate myself to read and to work in all of my down minutes. But it is true that like, this, I mean, it's an exhausting time. And yeah. so it is nice to be able to, to relax a little bit. So, okay. So <laughs> that was okay, a digression. So <laughs> <laughs> Give me one. Give me one thing. <laughs> okay. So re related to what I said about repurposing things, the one item that I think has been most useful for me Sorry, I want to give two again. I, I keep doing this. The one that I already had is called 150 Plus Screen-Free Activities for Kids. And I love that book. I talk about it all the time on my stories. But anyway, I've, I've had that one a long time. But that one is like my go-to. When, when the day is falling apart, that is like the thing that mm -hmm. I get out. And I will find something in there that we can do pretty easily. And often that can kind of repair the you know, devolving situation and get us back in, in a better mood. So anyway, the one that I got recently was Kimberly McLeod's fun and easy crafting with recycled materials, 60 cool projects that reimagine paper rolls, egg cartons, jars, and more. And I just got that recently and I wasn't sure 
how great it would be if with my age kids, but it, there are a lot of things that we can do in there, but I do think that it could range for anybody in elementary school. And it is really cool because it, it's very simple items, but imagined in a really interesting way. And so I've found that in general, I'm happy to do art and craft projects with my kids, but I'm just not a very creative thinker in that kind of way. So I will do them, but I need the ideas to be, I need to see it. And then I'm like, oh yeah, we could do that thing. And then, you know, we kind of can go from there. And so that book has been a great resource for me. So that's been a good investment during this time. That's awesome. Jen, what, what about you? So my recommendation actually is going to connect to a lot of things we talked about today. I had bought John Flanagan's, the first in John Flanagan's Ranger's Apprentice series, I don't know, a year or more ago for my son, who is almost 13 now, because I knew he would love it, but he just did not want to read it. And it was one of those things, like he knew I wanted him to read it and he just wasn't feeling it. And then one day he picked it up and he, as I knew he would, loved it. And so he did the thing where he was like, mom, will you buy me the next book in the series? And they're like 12. And then there's the spinoff series with, I think, eight more books. So I hopped on Amazon and I saw, ooh, if I get them all, it saves me a couple dollars per book. So I took a chance and I bought the whole thing. And I had the confession moment with my husband when I was like, I just spent this much money on the entire Rangers Apprentice series. I really hope he loves it. And oh my goodness, he does. So it is a lot of money and I know everyone does not have flexible spending money right now, but I think investing in a series, once you know that your kid likes Sarah, you were saying, once you know that your kid likes the first book, he has now read the whole series twice. And then yesterday he was like, mom, I'd really like to listen to those on audio also. So I was like scouring the internet to find a way. So I'm not paying the ridiculous $30 or whatever it is to buy an audiobook on audible, but yeah, scouring the internet to try to find them an audio too, because he loves them enough that he wants them in that format as well. And yeah, we we're scoping out IMDb because he's like, these would make great movies. It's been optioned. So I just, awesome. it is, yeah. And then he's read the spinoff series now. So it has just exploded. And yeah, it's one of those times it could have been a big disaster and a big waste of money, but fortunately for me, <laughs> it has worked out. So that is John Flanagan's Rangers Apprentice series, which is fantasy. It has a lot of action. I loved the book when I read it. I, I was a high school teacher, as you all probably know, and I had students who loved it and would read the whole thing. So I think it's good for older kids as well. Hmm, that's awesome. What about you, Sarah? Sarah? <laughs> and stereo. <laughs> uh, so mine is, like I said, my daughter is super into art and so is my son. He loves to draw. My daughter loves to do everything, but my son really loves to draw and paint some. So right before all this started going down, I bought these little, this little art canvas paint set that had like a, a thing that holds up the canvas. An uh, easel. easel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, We're watching Sarah gesture and I was like, I know what that thing is. <laughs> so it has an easel and then it came with two canvases, three paint brushes and some acrylic paints and they, it has been a lifesaver. And then I also ordered another set of canvases that were just really cheap. And they, they really, it's been nice having those on hand for when they want to do art projects. And I don't know, it just, I, it was something I bought on a whim and because I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to be in the house for two weeks. That's what, 
<laughs> that's, that's and now four weeks later <laughs> but anyway uh, that we were going to be in the house for a while so I bought them and I, I mean they've used the paints and they use the canvases so it's been oh just a good a pretty cheap good purchase for this time yeah, and awesome. I did want to get shout out Ashley. I also did buy the 150 plus screen free. I also bought that in a pan. That was the other panning buy because I was like, Ashley loves this book. I know that we can do this. So yeah. I got that too. With that one, I think it, the thing that's really amazing about that book to me is that it, it starts with babies. So it mm -hmm. goes all the way up and not that every activity is appropriate for them, but she's very specific. Asia Citro, I think is her is her name. Um, she is very specific about what ages are appropriate and for sure, again, through elementary school and even older, some of those activities are really great for them. And there are some things that you need, like not every activity, because we don't have access to everything right now, mm -hmm. not every activity you're going to be able to do necessarily, mm -hmm. but a few key purchases for me, like, again, I've had that one a long time, but a few key things, like I got liquid watercolors, which is just like, instead of, you know, where you see them on the tray, they're drop bottles instead. And that works for so many things and you can do food coloring instead but it does stain some so i think you know it's that kind of thing like i made that purchase one time i have had those for the last three years or however long i've had the book and i use those for tons of projects because basically anytime you want to dye like a slime or mm -hmm. a play-doh or any of that kind of stuff like all th those work every time and so just a couple of things like i got a bunch of elmer's glue and that goes in a lot of different um slimes and things mm -hmm. so i mm -hmm. found that there are times when the kids will pick something out of the book that then I need to find an ingredient or two to make it work. But there are a lot of ones in there that once I got a couple of those key things, I can just make them work fine. And I mean, you know, it's just a lot of fun. And like my girls really love going through both of those books. The ones I mentioned with the recycled materials and the 150 plus, they like going through the book. Like they enjoy mm -hmm. looking at all the pictures and finding something that they're interested in doing. And so that part is fun too. But yeah, I love that one because I think it, it is a really great age range thing. Cause like when I first had my second child, it was really a struggle. And I think this is a struggle. A lot of people probably have in their house right now is like your one age kid wants to do something that the yeah. other kid can't do, doesn't want to do, isn't interested in, it's not appropriate for them or whatever. So then it's kind of finding things that bridge those age gaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I think those are some good, good tips before we leave today we want again to just another time thank all the essential workers around our whole world who are making sacrifices for us we appreciate it and we are thinking of you and we know that it is a difficult thing that you're doing and we are so grateful for your sacrifice Thank you for listening today. We are thinking of all of our listeners and we hope to keep continuing to bring you content during this time. And we would also love to talk to you on social media and discuss books and give you a little respite from your day. So hit us up there. Well, listeners, we hope that you have enjoyed those Give Me Ones as much as we enjoyed both recording them and reflecting on them. And like Sarah said, I think that you can see our different perspectives and personalities in the ones that we chose. 
We did want to end today's episode just like we end all of our episodes with a give me one. Because again, something that we learned in season three and that we hope you're enjoying is that we have some bookends on our episodes. We always have our bookish check-in. We always have our give me one. We have found that that is great for us as an anchor. And also when we have our guests on as part of to interview, it's really nice to hear what they have to say about those things before we discuss the other content with them. So to finish up today, we decided for our Give Me One as our reflection of season three continues that we wanted to recommend an episode from season three. So Sarah, what do you recommend? <laughs> so I know everybody's looking at the planning sheet and I, of course, put two down. because I put it. <laughs> Well, the thing is, okay, so I always love our holiday episodes. Anytime we talk about holidays or gift giving. So I always love our bookish gifts episode, which this year, this past season was episode 100. And the reason I was struggling is because my my favorite give me one is the same episode as my favorite episode from season three, but I'm still going to just say it. So it's episode 104 and this is the debate on what makes a holiday movie. And I love this one so much because Jen and I had, we, it is just rare in our podcast that we kind of fundamentally disagree with each other or we really have not not contention but like any type of agitation or like any type <laughs> of conflict and I love this episode because Jen and I had of course it was not contentious at all but it was a healthy maybe a little debate. bit and what I love about this episode is there's this part where Ashley's like I feel like I'm the most confrontational and I have literally no opinion on this <laughs> And Jen and I are debating back and forth, but I just, I thought it was really a lot of fun to talk about that topic. And I always love to talk about movies and I know it's nice because I know Jen loves movies too. So like we're both coming from this place of passion and I just really liked it. And I like that Ashley was kind of the calming factor and <laughs> the mediator. So I just thought it was a fun episode. It was a healthy debate and I enjoyed it. So I will also say shameless plug. If you enjoy our conversations about movies, check uh -huh. out Patreon where we talk about a book to film adaptation or a book to TV series adaptation every month. And they are really fun. Yeah. What I think is funny about that, Sarah, is that a maybe lesser known fact about Sarah's personality is that she is for sure the most non-confrontational <laughs> of the three of us. But I think she also <laughs> secretly enjoys something about some, you know, healthy banter com confrontation. So <laughs> because this has come up before with things like when we do unpopular opinions, Jen and I are both like, no way. And Sarah's like, that's my favorite. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm seeing a theme here. Um, <laughs> what about you, Jen? What's the one that you'd recommend? So I am choosing, this may be a surprise to you too. So I'm choosing episode 106, Unabridged Awards which I love and hate. So I hate to choose favorites. I hate, like <laughs> I love to curate a list, but the list usually has like 50 things on it. And so it is always really hard for me when we do these award shows and I'm trying to pick like my favorite books from the year. But I also like that process of like all of us coming through the books that we've read and trying to choose a favorite and having to articulate why there are favorites so sometimes the process is painful, but I usually like the result. So I, my give me one is once again, episode 106, Unabridged Awards. 
I will also say with that, Jen, you have a lot more, you are like a fine tooth comb and mine's like a wide tooth comb. <laughs> because like, I do think, I mean, I do feel like if I, if I could read in more volume, that it would be harder for me to pick those kind of books. But I often don't have, I have like a select few that I just loved in a year and other ones that were fine, but they would not be an award winner. You know what I mean? So I think that's, that speaks to the volume that you read. Yeah. Yeah. I agree that it does make it, of course, the more you have to choose from the harder (laughs) it is to make a choice. It's understandable. I've come to really appreciate the episodes that we come back to each year. So I enjoy doing the awards every year. Mm -hmm. Like Sarah said about bookish gifts, I've enjoyed revisiting those each year. So I think those are a lot fun when we do them from season to season. Ashley, what's your give me one for this one? So I wanted to recommend episode 113, Why Teach YA? And I wanted to recommend that one because, as I mentioned before, we are all so passionate about young adult literature, and it is something that I think is close to all of our hearts is the importance of integrating young adult literature into the classroom. And I think we're seeing more of that as time moves forward and people are able to purchase and access more young adult books. And I think there's certainly a movement toward that in education that people are seeing success with teaching amazing literature that also is written for young adults. But it is something that is still a really important conversation to have because it is something that is still, there's still a lot of people who are not yet moving in that direction. And not that everyone has to do everything the same way, of course, but there (laughs) is value in having young adult books and reading them ourselves as adults and book talking them and recommending them to kids. And so I just loved that discussion because I felt like all of us have different experiences connected to teaching young adult literature in the classroom, but we all agreed that even though we have different experiences and some different opinions about it, that it is something we are all really passionate about. So I just think it's a great example of an episode that shows a lot about our personalities, not just as book lovers, but also as teachers. Yeah. I like that one too. I I like anytime we discuss YA because Mm -hmm. I think that we're all passionate and it is a great conversation. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today as we've wrapped up season three. We are so excited to launch season four next week with our discussion of Stamped Racism, Anti-Racism, and You by Jason Reynolds and Ibram X. Kendi. Spoiler alert, we all absolutely loved, loved, loved that book. And speaking of young adult literature, we are just so excited to get it into the classroom and into kids, the hands of teens and kids. And so we can't wait to share that with you. Thanks for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged. 